What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Roots, Rednecks, and Radicals podcast. Today, we're going to learn something new and interesting in the world of Americana roots and folk music. But before we get to that, I want to say a quick reminder to like, follow, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you're on social media, give me a follow if you haven't already. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Just search up the name of the show and you'll find me there. All right, let's get to today's episode. Today, I talked with singer-songwriter Charlie Mars, who has a new album out this week, and it sounds fantastic. We had a great conversation, great conversation from his home in Mississippi, and uh, just had a, a wonderful time chatting with this guy. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. Here you go. All right, well, first off, I wanted to, to talk about... Um, I was reading that back in the 90s, um, uh, you got to know uh, Jack Ingram, and uh, we were playing with him, and uh, then he obviously went on to be a Nashville singer-songwriter, uh, but I was just kind of interested in, um, in in the beginnings of your career and um, the people you were playing with, and uh, if you could talk about just kind of how you got started in music and all that. Well, I grew up in Laurel, Mississippi, uh, and... I started taking piano lessons when I was a kid, like 12 or 13. And then you get a little older and started getting into music. And I had some older friends that were playing guitar and listening to Led Zeppelin and ACDC. And, uh, and so I kind of, you know, went through like a rebellious phase and started playing guitar instead of as much piano. And, I was in a high school band from the very beginning. I was trying to write my own songs. I always wanted to do that and took to that. And, and then we would have parties and the local VFW, we would rent out and my mom would take the ticket money at the door and drive kids that got too drunk home in her station wagon. And, um, it was kind of a good, uh, boot camp for being in a band later on so then i ended up going to college in dallas texas and i went to a college southern methodist university and i didn't really know anybody there and fortunately i played guitar and i don't, I don't remember how we first initially met but I, I fell in with jack ingram and at the time he was playing at eight eight airs on Tuesday nights in downtown Dallas. Um, I think it was Tuesday nights. And he had a lot of people from the college would come out and see him play. And he was probably, you know, 20 years old. And, and I remember, I think that's where I met him at Adair's. And I think I, I got on stage and played some songs with him. It wasn't even really a stage. And I remember I started playing with him a little more a little more regularly because we kind of hit it off and I can sing harmonies and play a little lead and play some back backup rhythm guitar. And he had all these, I was from Mississippi, so I didn't know any, I didn't know any Texas singer songwriters or, or Texas country or, or any of it. And he had all these, he would sing these songs like up against the wall, redneck mother and, um, road goes on forever and the party never ends and i thought they were his songs and and all the crowd would be singing and i was thinking man this guy's 20 years old 
he's writing these killer songs. He's going to be huge. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out that he was, he had his own songs, which were really good, but he was singing a lot of, you know, Texas artists that he had grown up with. And getting to know Jack, and then he was a senior in college when I was a freshman. So he, you know, he was gone a year later, but he had made his first album uh, called Beat Up Ford. And he had rented out a, a studio and hired musicians and watching him do that. You know, of course, I thought, well, I have some of my own songs and maybe I could do the same thing. And I kind of followed in his footsteps after he left. I kind I picked a night um, to play at a place called the Stone Pony. I would play every Wednesday night, and it kind of it kind of the same thing started to happen. There wasn't a lot going on, so people would started to come out on Wednesday nights, and and then it turned into like you know really big crowds. And I went and made my first record, Broken Arrow, at the same studio he did with the same producer, and. Uh, I had my own band with some guys that went to college with me that, that um, we've been playing together for a while. And that record ended up doing much better than I expected. And so by my senior year of college, I would get out of class. I had my classes scheduled so that I would finish on Thursday and I would tour Friday and Saturday and go play and mostly southeastern college towns like Baton Rouge or uh, Fayetteville or Starkville or Auburn or Oxford or Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And you'd be surprised how far you could make it in a weekend if you leave at six o'clock in the morning and come back at late Sunday night. And so I started to have some success with that record regionally in the southeast and to where I would, you know, by my senior into my senior year, sometimes I would sell a thousand tickets at some of these college clubs. Then I would come home and tell my friends that were in school with me that this was happening and nobody believed me. And they didn't because there weren't there weren't cell phones. There was no like it wasn't on the Internet. So you just came home and be like, I'm telling you, it was it's quite, it's, you know, something something else. And they're like, yeah, right. And then a few of my friends decided that they, they would like, I should start going on the road with this guy on the weekends. That would be fun. And then, you know, they would vouch for me, but, um, you know, so by the time I was a senior in college, I, I, I fortunately had kept up my grades and made it and graduated. But when it came time to, to decide what I was going to do for a living, I was basically making a living doing that, doing being a singer, a touring singer songwriter at the time. And so I thought I'll make a go of this, you know, and that was, uh, that was in 1996. So that's kind of how I got started. That's awesome. I love yeah. that whole regional thing. Like, um, I was just talking to Cody Canada about the Texas, Oklahoma, red dirt thing. And I, I think it's, it's cool that, at, at various levels, there's still a regional music thing happening, um, more so in the South than anywhere else. But that, I think that's super cool. Yeah, particularly at that time, it was it was kind of a time when the only way to build a fan base was to get out and play live shows. And also in the college towns, you know, there would be one club to one or two clubs to play. And 
you know, you play a few frat parties and then they all start coming out to your shows and it was very grassroots and organic. And we had a list where you would write your address down and not even an email, just your address. And then every month we would send out a postcard with our tour dates. So, you know, things have evolved. And at, at the time, you know, the touring bands were if like Will Hogue was touring and it was, you know, Dave Matthews had kind of just come out of Charlottesville and it was Big Head Todd and the Monsters and Pat Green and Corey Morrow. And I was, I was, I didn't play with Dave Matthews, but I played with all those, all those guys at some point. I, one of the first times I played in Austin, we were on a bill with Pat Green. And, you know, all these guys have now gone on to have long careers. And it, it was, uh, you know, it was cool. To, there's, there's probably a lot of other people that I'm not remembering, but uh, it was a, it was a fun time for sure. And we lived off beer and pizza and we slept four guys. I moved to Atlanta after college because my manager was based there and all the guys that I was in the band with moved with me and we lived in a house and we would sleep four guys to a four or five guys to a one motel room and we'd pull the box springs off the bed so we wouldn't have to sleep in the same bed together. So you'd have a, you'd have a, I mean, we'd pull the mattress off the bed. And so one person would sleep on the box spring and one person would sleep on the mattress. And, uh, we did that for years. That's cool. Were you, um, a, a, a part of the same scene as like the drive by truckers? I know they're, they were from like Athens, I think Georgia, but, um, yeah, I didn't really know those guys. One of the guys in the bass player in the drive by truckers lives where I live here in water Valley, Mississippi. So yeah. I see him at the coffee shop in the mornings and we're always, he's always, you know, I've been in Wyoming and he's been in Texas. And so I've gotten to know him a little bit, but I didn't, okay. I didn't, re they were definitely uh, uh, at the same time. Okay. Um, but I've at got the time I was, yeah. I've gotten to know uh, Bronson and Matt. Um, I had them on the show, um, that, that recording studio, the running out of water Valley. Um, I, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I talked to them about that. They're really, really cool guys. Yeah. And so, uh, it was a great time to just learn the ropes and I had a lot of really fun nights and so it was pretty wild time and, uh, kind of learned how to work a crowd and, being a band and, you know, learn the basics. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, thanks for that history. That's cool. That's a lot of cool stuff in there. Well, this new album uh, that you're, you're putting out is called country home. And I was wondering if you could just talk about the album overall, the songwriting, uh, kind of where you were at mentally when you wrote the songs for it. And um, just kind of talk about the album in general. Well, the album that's coming out October 6th is called times have changed But the, the single that I just released oh, is called country home. My bad. Yeah, Sorry. no worries. And, uh, during the shutdown, uh, I had been going, you know, I'm a touring artist, so I've been going, going, going for years and then everything stopped. And at the time I was, uh, planning on, on, trying to build a home in a little community called Taylor, Mississippi. And with so much time on my hands, I started to slow down and I hadn't really slowed down in that way in a very long time. 
And then over time, I enjoyed slowing down because I realized that I had sort of gotten a little kooky for traveling so much. And it's just the nature of mm, just travel, 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 travel. And if if you finally crash and then you kind of you're like you're sleeping regularly and you're eating more healthy foods and. I was, you know, it just it just became kind of rejuvenating to be just slow down and not feel like, oh, I need to get back on the road because, you know, you got to keep going. Show must go on. And I I also was bored some, you know, just like sitting around a lot. And my neighbor was trading cryptocurrencies and I didn't know what they were, but he was doing it on his phone and he was he said he was making money on it. And so I just sort of on a whim started to do that. And then I uh, like in very short time started to lose money. And, and then out of frustration, this one cryptocurrency called Shiba Inu, which is named after a dog and it's called a dog coin. It came up for sale. And the day it did, I just took all the money that I had and all these coins and dumped it into this dog coin because I just thought, you know, I had done some research and it was nothing, none of it had panned out to, to be uh, a, to, to my benefit. So I thought, I'll do no research and dump, dump, and, dump my money into this ridiculously named coin. And, and then, you know, I'll probably lose all that too. So. And then like a month later, I, I kind of just stepped away from it. And a month later, I looked at it and it had, it had, it had blown up and I had made this chunk of change. And at the time I had been communicating with this guy in Brazil on Instagram about these dogs that were called King Corsos, which are like, uh, like kind of like a Rottweiler on steroids as far as like how, uh, dangerous they are. And, but they're really cute when they're puppies and they're kind of hard not to fall in love with. So I decided that it was fate that I had made this money on a dog coin and that I wanted a dog because I hadn't had a dog in 30 years. And so I wired him the money and he shipped me this dog from Brazil to the Little Rock, Arkansas airport. And I picked him up. And then we had a nice puppy phase and then he grew to be like a hundred pounds and he was crazy. And so I took him to get him trained and then I got him back from the trainer and the day I got him back, he bit the crap out of one of my friends. And so I thought I got to move out of this area that I'm in because he can't be around people. Um, I mean, he can, but it just didn't seem like the safest thing. So my brother sent me this, uh, sent me this, weird house on 43 acres that was about 20 miles away from where I lived. And I went and looked at it and it, it had a unique view because it's um, 450 feet above sea level, which is the highest point in this area. So I can see above the trees for like 15 or 20 miles. And most of Mississippi doesn't have that kind of geography. It's just kind of unique to North Mississippi in this area. So I bought it and there are now here I am out kind of, I, I mean, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere and my dog weighs 160 pounds and he's happy as hell. 
And I didn't really know much about living in the country, even though my grandparents were, were cattle farmers and had a farm. And I was very familiar with that life, but I just hadn't lived it. And I started to meet my neighbors and learn about managing land and burning stuff and growing grass and clearing stuff and heavy equipment and uh and i started to really get to know the people that lived in my area in a way that i didn't know people that i lived five feet away from uh where i had lived before and i also just started to write songs about the change in perspective and the change in lifestyle and the change in the kind of people that i was around uh, at, uh around the same time and uh i i kind of grew up a certain way in a really small community and i had you know uh farmer grandparents and and i had but i also grew up you know in the age of you know movies and music and magazines and pop culture and and so i was kind of like a skater kid who was just, you know, living in this little community in Mississippi. I, I grew up, like I said, in Laurel, Mississippi. If you've ever seen the show, My Hometown, which is uh, like a big show on TV, it's about that hometown, the couple that is in the show. Um, and uh, it was a it was a really kind of a strangely cosmopolitan small town. Like my next door neighbor was Parker Posey, who was the like a f indie actress, you know, from back in the day. And she was like the original indie queen. And so it was this odd mix of like very sort of traditional Mississippi culture, but also a lot of rural people, a lot of, uh, I guess, traditional kind of Mayberry like small town. And a lot of the songs on the record are about uh, the characters that are kind of uh, regional and the values that I feel like, and could has been kind of a prodigal journey, uh, where I sort of went out and experienced everything and sort of woke up and returned home and began to live more closely to the way that I had, you know, that maybe some, some, some values and a way of life that my grandparents had tried to instill in me that I had really rejected and realizing that I was just kind of rebellious and, and prideful and, and uh, I, I needed to be humbled by the world. And I was, and so here I am. And I wrote an album about it and some of them are funny songs too. Like there's a song called fat dad, which is about like a, like a bougie, uh, rich, uh, redneck who, uh, that I met and uh, in Florida, and he was kind of like a cross between Tony Soprano and like Santa Claus. <laughs> he was like a he was like a kind of a gang, like a lovable gangster, mm -hmm. kind of a country lovable gangster. <laughs> and so some of them are about actual characters that I've come across, and right. so yeah, it's kind of kind of generally that's kind of where it's all coming from. That's one thing. The song. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. The so I thought I had completed the song for the record and I had gone and tracked and recorded everything in Nashville. And then one day I was walking my dog on the county road in front of my house 
and I met uh, these dogs on the road and, and they were, it's hard to tell whether they were friendly or not, but they weren't, they attacked me and my, and, and mostly my dog. And it created this big wild dog fight. And I have a neighbor who's like a, he's kind of like an, he is an outlaw biker and I had heard about him, but I had not met him and he just kind of popped up out of nowhere and they were his dogs. And so we got in the middle of it trying to break them up and it was pretty bloody and, that by the end he was holding his two dogs by their collars and he looked at me and he said, your dog will heal. And then he left. And then I was walking my way back to the house and I saw my other neighbor in the bushes with his, like he's a repair man. He had a repair man shirt on with his name Brock on it. And he had a crossbow and I said, Brock. And he stood up with his crossbow and said, I heard an echo up in my holler and I wanted to be ready. And so the dog fight had, had, he had heard it in his house. And, and so I went up to my house and I put the dog up and that phrase echo in the holler resulted in a song that's on the album called silver dollar. And then to kind of cool off, I went to the local uh, farm supply and, the man there told me I needed triple 13 fertilizer for my grass. And then I came home and I wrote this song country home after that. And so I, I wrote silver dollar and country home in the same day. And I really, I liked them so much that I decided to record them for this record. So I put the record on hold and went and recorded them in Nashville. And so that's how those two songs came out. Interesting. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask you about country home cause I really like that song and, um, and that, that's the one that's out and whatnot. What, uh, so, um, uh, what was the, um, I mean, that was the kind of the inspiration for it, but, um, yeah, could, could you tell us a little bit more about country home? Well, uh, it sort of tells the story of, you know, everything I just told you. Um, it says I finally got out of town and found a place on a County road. I don't know what I'm doing yet. I've never lived like this before. I can't say I'm a country boy because this country don't care about me. And uh, that this country don't care about me kind of has several meanings. Um, and, uh, like I'm, I'm kind of making what I consider to be country music now. And I don't think in like the big traditional a country scheme that I'm, I'm just like a, like a, like a, like a speck of sand and, and also living in nature, nature has a mind and a will of its own. And to it, the best you can do is try to contain it because it's got, it, it's, it'll, it will, I mean, nature wants to overwhelm you and grow. And so, just pushing back against that to try to carve out like some kind of order for yourself within it. And uh, also the fact that like, I know some real, some, some like what, I mean, it's kind of a big debate within country people. Who's a real country boy. (laughs) And I'll admit that compared to some of these dudes that I know out here, that it's, I'm decidedly not, (laughs) but I have a lot of admiration for their work ethic and for a lot of their character and, yeah. and values and so i'm kind of aspiring in that way so yeah. and then the 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 chorus is 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 uh is a nod to my my childhood when i would go visit my grandparents and my grandfather 
would have overalls on and he had a tractor and he would take, take me on his lap up to, there was a, like a little convenience store down up from his farm. And he would let me pick out ice cream out of the cooler and then ride back on with him on his tractor and, and, and eat my ice cream. And my grandmother would be, my grandmother had a chihuahua named Chow Chow and it would be, she was my mamma and she'd be sitting on the porch with her Chow Chow and uh now i'm living out in the country and my dog is chewing on a bone just like chow chow and i borrow my neighbor's tractor to do stuff and so that's it's kind of a nod to just leaving the city and becoming like a fledgling country boy and how i had you know some familiarity with that and as a like a nostalgic part of my life Mm-hmm. that I'm living in some ways a parallel life to to my to my grandparents. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, there's a lot of characters in uh in rural areas, a lot of you know, just like interesting stuff. I'm sure it's just like full of that's maybe why so much um you know, great music has come from the south and 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 rural America as there's just so many like characters to write about. I think that's true. And you don't realize it until you get out and start to get to know them. And, uh, there's a lot of variety and there's some, you know, there's a wildness to it that, you know, you don't get in like kind of cosmopolitan urban area or it's a different kind. And it lends itself to storytelling. It really does. And Mississippi in general is just, I don't know what it is, but it's a literary state. You know, I know a lot of, I knew like, uh, there's a writer named Larry Brown that I knew for a long time. And I knew Barry Hanna for a long time until he passed and William Faulkner's from this area and Eudora Welty. And so there's something about language, something about words, something about storytelling that's just sort of in the soil. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Well, another song uh, that I liked was um, uh, "Somewhere on a Mountain." I'm I'm from uh, you know the Sierra Nevadas. Basically, I'm around the cusp of uh, the Sierra Nevadas and the desert, the the Great Basin Desert. Um, so, like to to the west of me is is the Sierras and, and Lake Tahoe and all that. It's a lot like Yosemite, and then to the east of me is just barren desert. That's super you know harsh, and it's kind of an interesting place to be on that border. Um, but uh, but somewhere on a, on a mountain just kind of reminded me of. Um, I think you're talking about Colorado in that song. Um, you mentioned Telluride, but um, I was wondering if you could just talk about that song a little bit and, and uh, yeah, tell us about that one. I think that, like I said, my life's been, I view it in retrospect up to now as kind of a prodigal journey. And that when I was young, I had that, that feeling I think a lot of young people have that they want to get out of where they're from and they want to see things. And when I was 16 years old, I kind of told my parents that I was going to go to Wyoming for the summer, and they were very reticent about that. But there was an older guy I knew that was in college, and he said I could ride with him. And But I didn't end up riding with him. My dad had a little, like, puddle jumper, uh, single-engine plane. My dad's always been, an, like, a pilot and had an aviation enthusiast. And... He had a friend and they liked to gamble. And so this, he asked his friend if he wanted to go to Vegas 
in the in the in this puddle jumper plane from rural Mississippi. And he said, Yeah. And so at like five o'clock in the morning we were supposed to leave. We were calling this guy's house and he wasn't answering. So we went over there and he was still in his suit and he was definitely inebriated in the bed with his wife, but he was in a full suit. And so we drug him out of bed and he grabbed one coat hanger with a spare shirt. And we went to the airport and threw him in the, in the plane. We like literally had to put him in the plane. And then about eight hours into the flight, he woke up and he looked at my dad and he said, where are we? <laughs> and he said, we're on our way to Vegas. And he said, hell yeah. And then he passed back out. So my dad landed at the Jackson hole airport and I, I took my mountain bike out and a backpack and he gave me a hundred dollar bill and he went to Vegas. And I spent the summer in Jackson Hole living in a tent uh, on the Snake River um, in the Tetons, basically. And I got a job at a restaurant. I lied and told them I was 18. And it ended up being, you know, quite a summer. And I ended up uh, going back home. To Mississippi, I rode a motorcycle that I bought on a radio show called Trash or Treasure, where one guy's trash would be like another guy's treasure. And I bought a motorcycle from a highway patrolman and rode it back to Mississippi and started my senior year of high school. So if you flash forward many, 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 many years later, I was in, well, I actually spent another summer in Jackson Hole in college and I got fired from that job. I was working at a sourdough pancake house called Jedediah's and the the owner and I had like a personality conflict. It was probably my fault. I was, I'm not the best employee, but he, and so in the song, it says, uh, I was with my father. We pulled over by the side of the road. He said, you don't have to go back. We could just hang out. But you know, I was young and looking for a mountain, looking for a mountain to climb. They kicked me out of Jackson, Wyoming. Now I'm somewhere on a mountain just south of Telluride. So many, many years later, I was, I, I had gotten a new truck and I drove it out to, I had never been to Telluride and I drove out to Colorado and I went to Telluride and I found this road that went way, way, way up a mountain. And I put, pitched a tent for like a week and I wrote the song just as a reflection of, you know, my young life uh, seeking something outside of my family or relationships or just I wanted adventure. And here I was so many years later in Telluride, Colorado, just south of Telluride and uh, still still seeking that same adventure. And also somewhere on a mountain is um, I think, you know, you go to the mountain for wisdom and you're trying to climb to the top and get the wisdom and find that answer. And so that's like, I'm not at the top of the mountain. I'm somewhere on it, still looking for it and still trying to seek, seek that, seek that truth and that wisdom and that light. So, uh, that's why the bridge says you can, you can run from that mountain, but there is nowhere to hide. Or you can face the truth and surrender to the light. And I think that's what it's about. It's like you can, you can run from 
that mountaintop, that thing that is the truth. And you can get lost in a lot of distractions or, you know, pleasures or seeking things that create a black hole in your heart that can never be filled. Or you can try to get to the light and try to get to the top of something that is, uh, that isn't a black hole that can bring uh, a serenity and a light that doesn't run out after temporary, you know, pleasure. That's cool. I like that. That's great. Well, I think that's a good place to, uh, to kind of wrap things up. Um, I, I love that song. I, I think the, uh, the, there's a really strong songwriting on this album and, um, yeah, I'm just really happy to see it come out in the world for you. Um, if people want to know more about you and, uh, find you online, all that kind of stuff, what's the best place to look for you? Uh, on Instagram, I'm Charlie Mars with three S's at the end, C H A R L I E M A R S S S. And then on Facebook, it's just Charlie Mars music. I have a website, charliemars.com, and I started a TikTok uh, about 10 days ago. It's called Earth to Mars, and it's Earth, T-O-M-A-R-S-S-S, and it has a lot. For the song Country Home, I went around and interviewed a lot of my neighbors that live in my area, that, so you don't just have to imagine it. like You can actually hear their words, and so that's been really fun to uh when you interview people, you get to know them as you probably have found out. And so I've gotten to not only, you know, know my neighbors better, but you can go on my Instagram or TikTok and watch all these interviews that I've done with them. So that's cool. There's, there's all the myriad ways. Awesome. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time with me and I wish you the best of luck out there with this album. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Just a quick reminder to follow me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Like and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to this. Leave a rating and tell a friend. Also, big thanks to Charlie Marks for providing the music for the show. Until next time, everybody. Have a good one. Hey, 